from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. Today, we're talking about Kehlani and the double standards of social media. I'm going to introduce you guys to Rosemary Kennedy, the Kennedy no one ever talks about because her story is so depressing. That coming up in my Debbie Downer history lesson segment. And exactly what is wrong with superhero movies? All right, guys. First, something has been on my mind for the last few days. So you already know what I'm going to say because we've been talking about it. we got to talk about Kalani. Yes. That we do. Kalani is Bay Area-based. She's an Oakland girl. And I, I really kind of feel for her. So for you guys that don't know... In 2015, Kehlani dropped an album called You Should Be Here. It was free, and then it actually got picked up by a major label. And so since then, the ball has sort of been rolling in the, in a right direction for her. She was Grammy-nominated, so things are looking up. So she's been in a relationship with a singer named Party Next Door. Have you heard of him? That's his name, That's Party his Next name. Door. His name That's is his legal his birth name. His stage name is Party Next Door, and I don't remember First what his name legal party. name is. <laughs> Middle name, name Next. <laughs> Middle name Next, last name Door. Party Next Door, but he is on Drake's OVO label. Okay. So he's, I listen to some music. It sounds like a mashup of like Future and like The Weeknd to me. Hmm. I mean, he's got some talent. Marks out of 10? Yeah. Mm, um, Seven? Maybe. Sounds quite high. That's pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good, but it's not like I'm going crazy over it. And most of the songs that I like Drake was featured on. So I don't Um, know if that's like. And of course, Drake's a nine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, They've been dating for a while, and they've been pretty public about their relationship on Instagram. So apparently they broke up, and she started dating a basketball player who plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers named— You know what? His name is not important. She was dating him. (laughs) Then the other day, the party next door posted a picture of Kehlani and him in bed— with the caption, I got her back in my bed. It says something like that. And so people immediately assumed that she was cheating on her basketball boyfriend. So suddenly, Twitter went crazy, jumped to conclusions, and immediately started branding her, basically branded her a trollop. Yeah. And And she's 20 years old, She's 20 years old. And so, you know, I don't know, like for me... And it's not a good thing, but it happens so much that it's kind of like I'm immune to it. I'm like, okay, so this is the phase. First people tweet angry things. Then come the memes. Mm -hmm. You know, then come the jokes. You know, and then within like 24 hours, somebody else will be trending. Um, Only it wasn't that for her. For her, she took it very seriously. And as as we know now, it appears to be sort of like a suicide attempt. Like she was very depressed by what people thought of her and she was thinking about ending her life. And so I'm not going to get too much into that particular part of it because I think that's very personal and I think that this should be a lesson to us all that we need to basically like back the hell back off. the hell off and be nicer to people on social media. Exactly. Like you don't know her life, you don't know her relationship, right. you don't know what happened. So don't you don't tweet know? Her so crazy stop, yeah, stop. Com- well, I think it's it's sort of like a remember. Oh, they're human. Celebrities are human like us, mm-hmm. and you know it's not a big deal for you. But how would you feel if you had twenty thousand people tweeting at you and, and saying rude things? But what struck me immediately is when I started seeing the mentions, it was very much like her career is over. And she's a cheater. And I'm like, her career is over. Right. Like, even if she did cheat, like, why would her career be over? How does that affect her? Chris Brown can can do all manner of things, it seems, and well, still that, be able to sell records. That was like, immediately I started thinking about, like, Usher's Confessions album and how that whole album was based on the fact that 
everyone was assuming that it was about him cheating on Chili. And if you don't know who Chili is, you need to go look up your R&B history. <laughs> Pause Google this podcast it. right now. Google it. And then I started thinking about Kristen Stewart, the Twilight. Yes, that's like, what popped into my mind. Her career has not been the same. So for those who don't know Kristen Stewart, the lip-biting actress of Twilight fame, uh, was in a film that I don't think was very good, Snow White and the Huntsman, and was caught in some paparazzi photos, I believe, frolicking with the film's director. Frolicking, in, yeah. Uh, her Mini Cooper. That's <laughs> Let's the, call it that. Always a detail I appreciated. that It was in a tiny Mini Cooper, two people. One of whom was quite tall. So I didn't know the details because I didn't know, I didn't follow it. I just knew that it happened, but... Oh, you didn't know the Mini Cooper detail? No. Yep. <laughs> okay. And so she was the one that took all the flack for that. And now they have a sequel coming out to that film, and she's not in it. And nope. she is Snow White. Let's yeah. not get Snow that. White and the Huntsman has become the, the Huntsman. Huntsman. <laughs> Literally. It sounds farcical like we're making it up, like they changed the name of that. Nope. But yeah, they just cut her out. They're like, oh, we don't need you. We don't need the protagonist right? of the story. Scarlet Letter, emblazoned exactly. on her bosom. She was uh, banished to a forest somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then like a few days later, there was another celebrity cheating scandal that was trending. So I don't know if you guys know who Swaggy P is. <laughs> is that Iggy's man? Yes. Oh, oh yes, I do know him. So Swaggy P is also a basketball player. Oh, because that's not his real name, right? It's Nick. It's Nick something. Young. He, Nick Young. Nick Young. And so he was also involved in a cheating scandal, like maybe a day after the Kalani trending situation. And what happened was, apparently, based on what I've read, a teammate recorded him and got him to confess that he had cheated on his famous fiance that we know as Iggy Azalea, and then released the audio. So. Um, it's still very questionable to me. Like, apparently it started off as a prank. Yeah, like, why? And I don't know it's not why. not even funny. What, April Fool's? So. I don't know why. Um, but so, like, let's see how Twitter handled that particular situation or how social media handled that particular situation. So what they have effectively done or what most people have done is they have vilified the teammate who made the recording. And basically, he's been deemed untrustworthy, and that's sort of the topic of conversation and the trending. Hmm. And Swaggy P himself has not been a topic of, of conversation. He has not been dragged. Not the point. His yeah. cheating is not the point. He has not been dragged in the way that Kehlani was dragged. And I don't think that it will affect his career. People are not that's concerned. That's not even a conversation. Right, it's not even a conversation. And so it's very, there's a very clear and direct link to sort of like sexism, for me, that I see. And oh, how we sure. deal with female celebrities and cheating scandals. Like, they don't get the same level of benefit of the doubt or even forgiveness. Yeah. Like, publicly, we don't forgive them. Oh, this is an age-old story. It's like you bringing up the Scarlet Letter. Like, this is a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Tale as old as time. Like, men are Lotharios and ladies are sluts. Exactly. Pretty much. Works. Christina Aguilera and Little Kim have a lyric about that. <laughs> Oh, that's Let's nice. What does it, it say? <laughs> I was going to say, well, you sing it to me, but it'll be even better. Yeah, we'll just listen to the professionals take this one. If you look back at history, it's a common double standard of society. The guy can tell the book, the more it can score. While the girl can do the same, and yet you call her a whore. I don't understand why it's okay. The guy can get away with it, the girl gets made. All my ladies come together and make a change. It's all a new beginning for us, everybody say. So what this whole thing made me think of was, if we go back to the 90s, Bill Clinton. Oh. Hi. Mm. Um, of him. Let's go through both of the women involved, Monica and Hillary. Let's start with Monica. Obviously, people tried to ruin her career still she's to this still day. Trying to get, she's still trying to wipe off that scarlet letter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so we're not concerned about grown man president taking advantage of her. Yeah. We're worried about her being horror or whatever and on the flip side hillary though okay this is what i have to say about hillary to this day she's running for president she's done so many other things since then 
in her own right. And they still bring up her being cheated on as like, oh. I believe it was Donald Trump exactly. who said yes! if she can't keep her husband yes! satisfied, how is she going to satisfy America? Whoa. People can't let it go. You ever heard that? Oh. People have not let it go. She's being blamed for her husband's infidelity like it's her fault or like she should have been doing something to make sure that he didn't cheat. So that's how deep the like sexism in cheating goes. Is like It's not just the person who's doing the cheating. It's the person who's being affected by it, too. Like She's being dragged into it. She had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And yet, as a disqualifier for her seeking an office that she feels she deserves... It's brought up as a, a negative. Oh, yep. well, you were cheated on, so there's something wrong with you. This is why it matters so much how we treat people in the public eye and how we think of them. Because if we treat people in the public eye like this, we're treating people in our own lives like this, too. This stuff matters. But you know what? I don't know if it does, if we're treating people the same way. Because I'm pretty sure the same people who are tweeting and dragging Kehlani online are probably cheating on the person that they're with right now or have cheated on the person that they've been with. They're DMing someone right now cheating or they know someone who is. And you don't go to your friend or to other people and talk to them or say things like that. It's like a, there's a whole level of like this veneer that people can hide behind on the Internet and say mean things. Like if you find out your coworker is cheating at work, you're not going to walk up to them no. and just spew hateful things yeah. like you would on social well, media. What's, what's that phrase about you criticize most what you hate in yourself? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Well, uh, to throw it, to toss it to Tracy in heaven. I was recently listening to an episode and they were going through of another round. Yeah, of another round. And they were talking about Proverbs. And one of them was no one looks for a person in the oven who has not been there himself, which is a little crazy. Right. But what it means is to see wickedness in others is to know that there is wickedness in oneself. Good Lord. Hello. We're getting deep today. We're getting deep. (laughs) So if you if you're accusing people of something and you don't know the whole story, but you have created a narrative, it is because you out there cheating yourself Mm -hmm. or you know someone who is. (laughs) So as Michael Jackson said, pull out the mirror and start with that man, woman, gender fluid in the mirror. You. Yes. You. Okay. All right, guys. Are you ready to go back to school? Because I have a lesson for you guys. Always. Uh, not me, but go ahead. I'll go with you. <laughs> if I had classmates like you back in the day, then yes. Oh, what a nice thing that to say. That is really nice. <laughs> oh, God. It's a bit sincere. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm crying right now, people. <laughs> so I have a Debbie Downer history lesson for you guys. Mm, okay. You're enjoying your day. Everything's going your way. Then along comes Debbie Downer. Always there to tell you about a new disease. Car accident or killer bees. We beg her to spare you, Debbie, please. But you can't stop Debbie Downer. Welcome to the Fun Cooler podcast. Super duper fun. Yeah. Super duper depressing sometimes. You need. You, it's all about balance. It's balance. Yeah. You I'm have a Libra. Mix. Gotta, gotta keep mix. it. Gotta keep it. So, listeners of the show know that I love history. Mm-hmm. Do. If, if you listen to the President's Day episode, mm-hmm. which is called God Bless Beyonce in America Too. You went deep there. So. Yeah. I went through almost all of the presidents and interesting facts about them. Mm-hmm. So many presidents. What would you say is your favorite period of history, Emmanuel? Oh, my gosh. Well, I used to be obsessed with ancient Egypt. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Greeks as well. Hometown. Even more obviously. <laughs> Hometown pride. Uh-huh. I'm like equal opportunity. I'll take it all. Although Middle Ages is a little bit of a drag. For Interesting, because that's mm. my jam. It is. Really? Yeah. Well, it's great that we're filling all these holes between us. You complete us. me. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm just in the future because it was not a good time for my people in history. <laughs> <Yeah>. This is... <laughs> 
So in a different episode, Valentine's Day episode, I shared the history of that weird holiday. Yes, yes, you know a lot about history. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So today I'm going to share with you some info about the Kennedy curse. Ooh. Oh, that's dark. It is a little dark, oh but you need to know that there's curses about and you should be careful. Oh, jeez. Especially is this like on a, planes. Like a contagious curse? If you marry into it, you're done. No plans, but good to know. Yeah. So this curse mm-hmm. came about because a lot of messed up things happened to this family. So let's go through. Oldest child, Joe Jr. Mm-hmm. Older brother of JFK and RFK. Okay, and... okay we're talking about that generation. Maybe we got to get yes. the tree. You got to visualize okay. the tree. Yes. Visualize so, the tree. So Joe Jr. was supposed to be the president. Like that's what he was being. Oh, he was being groomed. Groomed okay. for. And then he died in a plane crash during World War II. Oh, this goes back far. So he did. Okay. And then they put all the hopes and dreams of their family on JFK. We know how that turned out. He did become president, and then he was shot in the Uh. head. So that happened. RFK, also shot and assassinated. Mm -hmm. Kathleen, their sister, just chilling, got engaged, was super excited with her fiance. They're like, let's go to the south of France. Let's do this. Plane crashes. Oh, oh dead. RFK's wife's parents. RFK's wife's parents, parents. Got it. Were in a plane and that crashed and they His died. His mother and father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it because they were an affluent, well-to-do family who flew a lot in an age where mass airline it was usage not was yet, not a like, thing? Yeah. It could be. Yeah, this isn't looking good. It's Although not. JFK Jr. also died in a plane crash. Granted, he was the one flying it and got confused oh, yeah, and whatever. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But dead. Um, and Ted. Him and his fiance, I think. She yeah, was with and him. her sister. And this was into yeah. the mountain, right? This was over the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, I remember that. And Ted, he became a senator mm-hmm. and lived for a good while, was in a plane crash and almost died. And people on that plane died, but he, like, barely made it. And then he also crashed a car and killed this woman who was oh, riding with is, him. Oh. That's too much to get into. Yikes. So all this is happening, a lot of plane crashes. What you don't hear is about Rosemary Kennedy, the hidden sister. Okay, break this down. Right. Rosemary. Who, who she? Who she? She is about to be part of this movie they're making about her life starring Emma Stone. It was huh. just announced like this week that Emma Stone signed on to do this thing and hmm. everyone was like, who dat? And <laughs> I did the research and now I have all the facts. Okay. Someone read Deadline down. Hollywood. Here we go. Rosemary was the third child born to this family. There's like a lot of siblings. So she's right after JFK. Okay. First daughter. But there was an issue with her birth. The doctor wasn't going to make it on time. The nurse was fully capable of delivering the baby. But she said, you know what? Let's wait for the doctor. Squeeze your legs together and keep the baby. No. So the baby's head was in the birth canal for a long time. I think it said two hours. Oh, my God. And there was a lack of oxygen to the brain. Oh, my gosh. So as she was growing up, they noticed she wasn't developing as quickly as her siblings. And they come from such a family where they're expected to be great at sports and be competitive in academics. And she wasn't on par with that. Mm -hmm. She couldn't get out of kindergarten. They tested her IQ later in life, and she had a 60 or 70, which is an equivalent of mental age of 8 to 12 years old. So they educated her separately. Like, she went to this school, but she had two teachers just, like, work on her, and she was just kind of, like, quarantined, basically, from other people. She didn't really have that much engagement. And she, this is real sad, 
this is where the Debbie Downer part comes oh, in. This is, oh, this is where the Debbie Downer Oh, so we haven't <laughs> had the Debbie Downer bit Oh, it yet. gets so much worse. Okay. So she really wanted to please her parents, and they always seemed to be disappointed in her. And she wrote a letter to her dad, quote, I would do anything to make you so happy, end quote. Hmm. So a lot of her siblings were, like, really nice to her and doting on her and protective of her. But Joe Jr., who we met earlier. We did. Oldest, who died mm-hmm. in a plane crash. Went to Germany in 1934, which is a weird time to go. And that is he, an odd time to take a holiday to Germany. Mm-hmm, and he wrote a letter to his dad that showed very little sympathy for people struggling with disabilities. Oh, I wonder said, why. Oh, we're going to quote. Yeah. Oh, Lord, okay. He said he praised Hitler's sterilization policy as, quote, a great thing that will do away with many of the disgusting specimens of man. Oh, my God. Joe Jr., you could not be president with that letter no. like, circulating. So, whoa. The family was, like, kind of embarrassed and very aware that people finding out about her could ruin political careers. Oh, that was the concern. Well, for the dad and for Joe Jr., apparently. Just think, just take a moment to think about that. The fact that you have a sibling who is disabled can Mm -hmm. ruin your political career. It was a different time, but... Like, it's now taint. Yeah. So, there's this cute moment where she goes to England and has a meeting with King George VI and Queen Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. You know him. I do. Friends. And the royal curtsy is apparently very complicated and like a thing. It's complicated? Different levels of of, of bowing down, I think. How low you get to the ground is a thing, yeah. Really? So it's like you you bump your forehead if the queen comes through? Oh, I I read the other day that (laughs) Kate Middleton, I don't normally consume Kate Middleton news, but apparently she gives a little curtsy to minor royals and then she gives a full-on deep kind of bow To people like us. To people like us. Mm -hmm. Or the queen. Yeah. Whichever. So she was doing this curtsy. She was trying to practice it because she was very concerned about it. And all the women were practicing a lot for like hours to get it right because Mm -hmm. there was like a lot riding on this because their dad was the U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom. It's her turn. She's about to do it. And she stumbles. And everyone is like FML. And then they just agree to pretend it didn't happen. And they're like, it was a success. It was great. It was great. And she had a really good time, which is the important part. You want some more depressing facts? I mean... For the sake of the podcast, yes, but on a personal level, no. <laughs> Her parents kept pretending that she was fine and like they they wouldn't let any press people engage with her or ask her any questions. And even certain family members like didn't know the extent of things. They just hid her away, basically. But things started getting out of control when she reached puberty and started being erratic and have mood swings and she would like just bounce out of her school and just like go into dc and like run away basically Mm. and they're like all right this could really damage jfk's presidential ambitions or just the family name so papa decides to take things into his own hands and he's like you know what there's this new thing called a lobotomy no come on 80 percent of lobotomies at that time were performed on women to like control their behavior Mm. which whole other conversation So they do this. They drill a hole in the top of her head and they start cutting into her brain and they're asking her to recite songs and things that she knows from memory. And they keep cutting until she goes silent. And then after the surgery, they're like, oops, now she has the mental age of a two year old, cannot walk. And so the Kennedys deal with this by sending her away. Her dad never visits her. Her mom takes 20 years to visit her. And then in their meeting... Rosemary sees her mom, and at this point, she's learned to walk again. Mm -hmm. And she runs to her mom, and everyone's like, oh, she's going to embrace her or something. Like, she hasn't seen her mom in so long. And she beats her chest. 
so much angst and confusion and like why did you do this to me why did you not visit obviously she can't verbalize any of that but like it's a really dramatic thing and this is the 1940s 1941 is when they did the procedure and then 20 years later in the 60s that's when she met her mom again and she spent six decades in an institution by herself but towards the end of her life her siblings were doing better and like visiting her and they would have family reunions so that's good and her sister Eunice mm-hmm. Kennedy Shriver oh. ended up making the Special Olympics. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. And she persuaded her dad to use his fortune to fund research around this issue. And when JFK was president, Eunice also lobbied him to establish entities such as the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development. Mm. And Ted also sponsored a bill for Americans with disabilities. Good things came out of this situation, but it's real messed up. And that has been your Debbie Downer lesson of history. (laughs) I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Wow. It seemed like a great idea in concept. I'm like, this is really interesting. And after saying all that, I want to go home and cry. So Emma Stone is starring in a movie about the life of Rosemary. Rosemary. Mm -hmm. Can we also talk to somebody about doing a series about the Kennedys? I don't think we've done that yet. I believe there was a TV show starring Dawson's Creek's Katie Holmes. Uh-huh. Really? As yeah. Jackie, Jackie O, right? Yeah. Or Jackie mm, K, as yeah, well. Yeah, but that's like the Jackie O days. I'm talking about all this business. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, can you Joe imagine Jr. like a, yeah, like a Joe, oh. like a whole Keeping up thing. with the Kennedys. Keeping up with, oh. oh. Real Housewives of Camelot. <laughs> Don't add us. Don't send us hate emails. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So, I, I need a drink after that. I think it's important for people to know how messed up things were up until relatively recently mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. So when folks look at stuff on their Facebook feed and say, oh, it's political correctness gone mad. Where will it stop? And oh, they're doing this and they're doing that. And just remember, this is how things used to be. Yeah, I mean, this, these are the days when people used to hide children. Mm-hmm. Why, when a woman, an unmarried woman was pregnant, she would just disappear and go on a vacation and come back and adopt a child or mm. have a little sister or brother. Crazy. Yeah. So let's be thankful we live in 2016, even though these are seem like dark times as well. But at least we're not being lobotomized. Emmanuel, do you still love history? You know, I do. Oh. It's a lifelong... Despite everything. It's a lifelong abusive relationship. The more you know, the sadder say, you are. We need the more you know, like, star to just hover. The, the, the more you know, star just hovered above the studio for those who are What listening. they don't show in that arc of the more you know, star, is it arcs and it looks beautiful and then it careens towards your face <laughs> and smashes into your body and you wish you didn't know as much. Hello. Ignorance is bliss, people. I don't want to hear anything that makes me feel sad. I don't want... Guys, so as regular listeners will know, one of my particular interest areas is snobbery. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about it a bit. It's one of my particular passions, like the idea of who gets to have what, what belongs to who in pop culture, what's good, what's not, who gets to decide that, the Mm -hmm. idea of pretentiousness. It's my jam. You know this. We've Mm -hmm. all spoken about it. But I've had a a crunching realization. It turns out that my happy, clappy, all culture is valid and you do you and there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure and everything's great. It has its limits. And oh, I've no. realized my own personal limit. You just hit the wall. It is. 
superhero movies. Really? <laughs> Living here must be hard for you. Ooh. It really is. And for some reason, this is just where my patience absolutely runs out. And I think this is because it's reaching fever pitch with the saturation of the marketing around the new movie Batman vs. Superman. Ugh. I can't even deal. Colon, Dawn of Justice. Mm. Every time I see that, I don't even need a filter to filter it out. My brain just does it for me. It's like, yeah. what's well, this that is empty thing. white space on my no. screen? Why can I not? And we discussed um, Superman actor himself, Henry Cavill, in yeah. the last oh, yeah. episode. And He's so rich. He's so ballerific. He has a 19-year-old girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Some of the fun stuff he said. And I don't know, it just really sticks in my craw. Mm. And I'm trying to turn my gaze inwards and think, why, when I'm so accepting of so much else, do I draw the line and I'm such a big snob about superhero movies? Why do I object so much? Why do I hate the fact that they're really dominating the culture right now? Because I think that's Mm. the root of it. I hate that they're everywhere. You just can't go to the movies now without seeing a, a preview for a superhero movie. If they weren't everywhere, I feel like I could ignore this. Hmm. But it's the fact that it's like this blanket layer over everything, dominating culture, not just movies. It's getting into TV now. So what I think I object to is it's the same thing again and again and again. The plots are all the same. The characters are all the same. And for all the talk of like the multiplicity of superheroes, like this guy has this power and this one has this, it just seems really homogenous to me. It's all the same. Redundant. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, the plots, the tropes, and let's not even get started on why the female superheroes have to look a certain way on the movie poster. The female Avenger doesn't have her own movie, but everyone else does. Yep. At the risk of you dragging and dropping my name into the dumb column. <laughs> Recycle bin at worst. <laughs> drag. Compost. I love X-Men. Oh, all, all the X-Men why. movies? Not all of the movies, okay, but that okay. universe. I watched the cartoon as a kid. Some mm. of the movies are good. The ones where Holly Berry's not Storm mm. are my faves because she does not make sense of Storm. Storm is like badass, amazing. Holly Berry in this movie is like quiet and like, no. That's no. literally all I know about X-Men is Halle Berry. Halle Berry is She's in it. That's pretty And her eyes right. go white. Exactly. Yeah. Why I love that so much, I think, is because they play very much with mutinism as an allegory for being gay or being different or like being othered. Yes. Mm. And how society deals with that. So I think that's very interesting. And they also go back into real history and like change things that were happening in the 60s with Mm. different presidents and stuff. And, you know, I love history and depressing things. I know you love history. So I love X-Men, but I get you with like there's just so much out there. And specifically with this Avengers thing, because everyone gets a spinoff and every spinoff has sequels and Avengers have sequels. It's just too much. So edit. Oh, I just got a flash of Holly Berry as Cat woman oh remember that <laughs> yep, that's what we don't talk about she Man. doesn't want flashes of herself she's like licking woman. her hand oh. like why why did that get made anyway oh. Oh. i'm sorry she's just tired <laughs> so it's interesting that you say that's what you appreciate because that for me is one of my sticking points in the new wave of superhero movies and what i think i dislike is modern day superhero treatment like I don't think I have a beef with, like, Christopher Reeve as Superman because I used to enjoy those as a kid. But I really dislike the obligatory grittiness. The chief Mm. offender here, for me, is those Christopher Nolan Batman movies Mm. with Christian Bale. Everything's dark. Everything's rainwashed. Everything looks like crap. And I was wondering (laughs) why why I hate that. And I've worked out. It's because I love horror movies. And I don't like the way that the modern-day superhero movie has stolen the tropes 
of horror movies. Wow, they're stepping mm. on your turf. That's the You're thing. Not feeling it. So I feel like, you know, oh, they've come into my lane and I don't like mm. it. Because, like, you know, visceral reactions come from somewhere. And this is why, I think. And please don't get me wrong, because I love the original, what I call the original mm. Batman, the 1989 Tim Burton one. It's one mm. of my favorites. And it's because it's funny. And the thing that's lacking from all these superhero movies now to me is humor. They're also bloody humorless. Yeah, they're dark and they try to, especially Batman. So I tried to watch, I think I tried to watch one of the Batman. I couldn't stand his voice. That girl voice. That, oh my gosh. Oh, that's, oh so self-important. <laughs> and where's like the wit? Where's the levity, you know? Where's the whimsy? Where's the whimsy? And well, you do get some humor, but it's not anything that I find funny. It's like mistaking quipping for humor. Mm. Like the way that like Robert Downey Jr. quips all the way as Iron Man. I cannot stand it. So what's the right tone for a superhero movie that I'm thinking, right? Because you can't go full comedy. And maybe you can. But then they, you're saying that they're selling elements of horror movies. But then they can't really be drama. Like, what are they? Is I've, it drama? Is it, well, this, is it I like really, horror? I love the kind thriller? of the like absurdity of the Tim Burton Batman. Ah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very like self-conscious and I really like that because it's super surreal. Mm-hmm. And it looks like this kind of dreamy landscape. What I don't want to see is real life just with superheroes in it. And that's where the gritty superhero movie, I think, that's what it's reaching for. I just don't need to see it. I don't need to see another kind of post 9-11 vision of like oh an apocalyptic gosh. wasteland of a, a metropolis. I don't need it. I've seen it a thousand times. So in short, Carly has had it. I've had it. And I actually want to end with a quote from mm. an actor I used to like. Oh, <laughs> oh God. The shots keep coming. <laughs> um, shots fired. Simon Pegg. British actor. He was in the the Star Trek reboots. And God, I hate it when people call things reboots. They're not reboots. They're just <laughs> new films. Um, he was Scotty in it, and I really don't like his performance. He gave this interview saying about how he thinks that we're all getting a little bit childish in our obsession with this. And he says, part of me looks at society as it is now and thinks we've just been infantilized by our own taste. We're essentially all consuming very childish things. Comic books, superheroes, Adults are watching this stuff and taking it seriously, and it is a kind of dumbing down in a way because it's taking our focus away from real-world issues. Now we're just walking out of the cinema, really not thinking about anything other than the fact that the Hulk just had a fight with a robot. And he was <laughs> pilloried for this. Like the really? Kind of, yes. The, the, you know, the self-avowed geek community hated him for this. And he apologized and said, wow. sorry. He said, I, I misspoke. Clinton-esque misspeaking. Interesting. Which really makes me sad because that was the one interview where he summed up everything that I think. (laughs) I could see why people would have a reaction to that, but to apologize for it, it's not that deep. But people might say, I just want to go to the movies and have a good time and not think because I, you know, read the news when I'm not in the movie theater and maybe I just want something fun and light and stupid and silly. Well, that's my problem that go in for the fun and light stuff. But why does the fun and light stuff suddenly want to be the dark, gritty stuff? Right. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is more of the suits from, I think it was 1996 (laughs) Batman where they had nipples. Yes. Yes, honestly, I would rather watch more that George suits. Clooney Batman than a Christian Bale Batman. So we should start a White House petition to put nipples on all forthcoming superhero movies. I would rather watch Val Kilmer in Batman Forever for the rest of my life Whoa. every single day than watch one of those. Okay, yeah. this is very serious. I know, I know. She said every day for the rest of my life. Honey. Yes. This okay. is such a serious episode. We went from cheating scandals to lobotomies. And now this. Come back next week, guys. We're going to keep it really light. (laughs) 
fun, whimsical show. Yes. So we end every podcast with a song. And this time, Carly has one for us. I do, I do. And it's because I just listened to a great radio documentary about the amazing... Kate Bush. It was, for those of you who enjoy a bit of music radio, I thoroughly recommend live streaming BBC Radio 6 Music, which does fantastic stuff and it also does a lot of radio documentaries. And it had one about Kate Bush talking through her incredible seminal album, Hounds of Love. Mm. She narrated every single track. And this is the first track on that album. And if you haven't heard it before, what are you doing with your life? It's Running up that hill. Oh, so good. It's you and me. It's you and me. You'll be unhappy and calling God and make a deal with God. And I guess it's small places. Be running on that road. Be running on that hill. Be running on that building. Oh, and to answer the question, what are you doing with your life? Ooh. Um, I was doing apparently something else because I have no Demetra, idea no, no. what this song Demetra, is, no. and I could not tell you. I could not identify a Kate Bush song. Have you never you heard this me. one ever? No, I don't. I think wow. I don't think that I have. We need to rectify this. We will in a future episode. Okay. Is this class going to be, be as depressing? This won't be Debbie no. Downer. Okay. <laughs> this will be uplifting history lesson. Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. And thank you to Jim Bennett behind the glass for making us sound so good. And thanks to Jay Simpson for helping me edit these episodes. Please subscribe on iTunes. Also rate us if you like us. If you don't, um, you never heard this. Catch us on social media at KQED Pop. And if you want to follow us all individually, you follow me, Carly7, at Teacup in the Bay. Emmanuel as at Excuse My Beauty without the first E. And Jamidra as at Jamidra Says. Speaking of WhiteHouse.org petitions, can we petition whoever has Excuse My Beauty with E? I've already been trying. We need to correct Don't this. Don't worry. Obama, are you listening? Please help me. <laughs> we need a superhero. I need a hero. <laughs> a superhero with nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally. Until next week. Talk to you then. Bye. 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 <laughs>